You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome in to Bezo and Broad, episode 19. Happy New Year, our first episode of the new year. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jess Town. We are Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You can follow us on social media after the show. See us, what we're tweeting about and stuff during the week and all that jazz on at Babes on Broad on all social medias. And then personally, me at Sam Wills 18 on Twitter and Instagram. And then Jess is at Run This Town with an E on Twitter and at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. And then if you want to rep the Babes on Broad, you can go to designtree.com slash Babes on Broad and check out all our apparel and stuff. That's what everyone got from me for Christmas. There were so many Babes on Broad shirts being given out. And there were so many people that responded and they were like, I want one. And I was like, "Mm, I don't give them out. Then buy them. Buy one. (laughs) I was like, then be my family on Christmas. I don't know what to tell you. Become one of our families and purchase our shirts. There There you go. go. Easy. Yeah. But, um, so... I said Happy New Year. We had a game right before the New Year that the Eagles won to clinch the NFC East. Woo! Woo! Eagles took down the Giants, which a lot of people, I hate that whole thing. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent right away. Go off on your tangent. I hate, all I keep hearing all week at the Fanatic is, oh, like, they won four games in a row against two. What's it matter? Blah, blah, blah. I hate that thought because I don't care how sucky any team is. Going into a rivalry game is 100% different. Division games are so much different, and you can see that yeah. in any My division. Just upset the Patriots. And the Patriots had everything to play for. Yeah. They had the first-round bye to play mm-hmm. for. They, what, what was it? They, they've had a first-round bye every year since 2009? Yeah. Something crazy? For the last 10 years. So they were playing for everything, and they got upset by the Miami Dolphins at home. Yeah. Also, let's keep in mind that the Seattle Seahawks – Took it down to the wire with mm-hmm. the the um, 49ers twice. Won one, lost one. They also got their doors blown off at home by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Who are not good. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. Oh, and uh, let's not forget that the Cleveland Browns obliterated the Ravens. Wrong animal. <laughs> at home. Like, in Baltimore. Yeah. Those are all the ones I'm pretty sure last year. And then last year, remember, it was a giant shootout between the Bucks and the Saints in New yeah. Orleans. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what division it is. Division rivalries are something different. 
Yeah, like there's no, that's why I always say going into last week, I said there's no like stat, there's nothing that really makes sense. Like it's just a whole lot of passion and somebody's going to come out a winner. And I mean, you saw how bad the, the Chicago Bears are. Um, They played extremely well against the Green Bay Packers, who are the yeah. number what? Two they're the number seed? one now. One, two, one of the, they have a first round bye. Number one in the they're, NFC. Right? Yeah, so they're the yeah. number one seed in the mm-hmm. NFC. There you go. Case in yeah. point, right there. So I don't care who it is. I don't care how bad the teams are. The Eagles happen to be lucky that the rest of the division is trash, but it doesn't matter because these teams always play tough. Exactly. So, yeah. So the win over the Giants last week, huge win. It ended up being like 34 to 17. It was a lot closer. It was like 10 to 3 at halftime or whatever. A couple injuries. Not good. Always injuries. Miles Sanders got hurt and... Which was awesome, though, because Boston Scott. with him, yeah, with him going down, you got to see Boston Scott really come out. You saw and people you step comfort. up. Yeah. You saw people step up the way that we were, that we've seen the last two years. When the injuries happen, mm-hmm. we actually saw people step up and rise to the challenge this time. The one I think that hurts the most is Brandon Brooks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially because Lane Johnson's still not back. Right. So you're just losing Pro Bowl guys. I mean, technically Lane's not a Pro Bowler, but he should this be. Year. Yeah, but that's that's some. It definitely hurts the O line. I mean, I don't know really what they're gonna do. Lane practiced yesterday, like he wasn't looking good. He's like fifty fifty. Yeah, I saw that. Even I mean, Zach Ertz has a better chance to play than he does. Which yeah, is, and he's got a bleeding kidney. He's or got something. a bleeding organ. I mean, I, I that's just it's not ideal. I will say Vitae has played well mm-hmm. on that side. Um, I mean, Matt Pryor stepped in and played really well. I don't know what they're going to end up doing if they're going to move Jason Peters and put Dillard in there and put Vitae at guard or if they're going to leave Matt Pryor in there. I have no idea yeah, what I they're going to no do. Yeah, I have no idea what combination they would do on each. I, I, I felt better and I was pleasantly surprised with how well Matt Pryor kind of stepped in there and, and how well he played. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been here for a couple of years and they really liked him. He was a seventh round pick and they kept him over a couple different people that I thought might have had a better chance to make the roster two years ago. He looked really good, and if, you know, he's the one to go, I think that they'll make sure that he's ready to play. And, I mean, at the end of the day, the the pass rush of Seattle is nothing to yeah. write home about. And especially Clowney. His core is still bothering him, so he's not even... He's going to need surgery in the offseason with that one. Yeah. He was he missed, what, I don't even know how many games with the hip and knee injury, and now it's the core injury that's going to require... Yeah. I mean, you think the Eagles can't have trouble before sacking the quarterback? There's no one in the NFL that has more trouble right now sacking the quarterback than yeah. the Seattle he's Seahawks. He's been sacked like 26 times, I forget, in the last how many games, but an outrageous number. Since like the last time we played him, I think it was, 26 times. So their O-line's even worse, too. Yeah. Oh, so they're just their their lines are bad. So yeah. let's. So the the positives here. Yeah, we moving, kinda, we got ahead of ourselves there. Okay. So <laughs> injuries suck. We yeah. possibly might be getting Zach Ertz back. We'll see. He's still not been cleared as of Doug Peterson's press conference at ten o'clock. Yeah. They said there's a chance he could get cleared later today. Jalen Mills said no doubt he's playing. Yeah. He's been good all week. Miles practice. Sanders also said he's playing. He might not be 100%, which we'll see if that's good or bad. But that's also a good thing that Jordan Howard's back because if he's not 100%, yes. you mix him in there, you give him some time. If he's not performing, you have Boston Scott, you have Howard, so that's good. Which is phenomenal. Avante Maddox, he should play. Mm-hmm. So you've got Avante Maddox back, you've got Jalen Mills back because Avante Maddox missed the majority of that game. He was ankle Sunday. too, right? Yep. They've got Craven on the block who played very, very well. He did. 
Um, I love saying his name. Craven LeBlanc. It's a phenomenal name. <laughs> and Rasul Douglas, I was ready to fire into the sun in the first half. He rebounded extremely he well, had a phenomenal mm-hmm. second half. And Sidney Jones actually played really well again. So they're playing well. The linebackers played fairly well. And that D-line is, other than Deshaun Hall get tearing his ACL yeah. in the last play of the game, that D-line is finally getting healthy with Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox. Now they have Tim Jernigan in there as mm-hmm. well. And you're able to, you have Brandon Graham on the other side. You're able to mix in Josh Sweat and Vinny Curry, rotate them a little bit. And the offense is sustaining longer drives, so they have a little bit more energy. They're a little bit fresher when they come on the field. Fletcher impressed me so much last week in that Giants game when he recovered the fumble in the end zone. Because he really, like, he beat everybody out. I mean, he threw one guy to the ground, but whatever. But other than that, like... He can do that. He's bigger than you. I know, but he was, like, so fast to even stay up with... Everybody else, and then the fact that he had ball handling skills. Like, most of the time you see the big guys fall on it and it flops everywhere. Yeah, in like, the he rain. had it. Yeah, I, I was shocked. It's amazing it was, to me <laughs> to watch some how how athletic some of these big yeah. guys are sometimes. I mean, well, it's not impressive. That we obviously knew he was an athlete, but, like, it just very – I was very impressed. Yeah. So, and it's in the end zone, too. So, like, it was crucial. So, moving forward until how, to how this translates to Sunday's game against the Seahawks. Wild card round. Wild card round. Ding, ding, ding. Dallas sucks. They put up 44 points, but too little, too late. Eagles win. Eagles get They get the Seattle Seahawks, which, in my opinion, was what I wanted to do. Me too. I wanted to play Seattle. I 100% wanted Seattle. They, all three of their running backs are on IR. They're just as injured as us, yeah. Yes. Now, everyone was saying, you know, the Eagles clean up a few things and they don't leave those plays out there. They win the game. It's not necessarily true because Seattle left a lot of plays out there, too. Last, okay, so the Eagles turned over the ball. Are you talking about last time with Seattle? Seattle? Yes. That, yeah. How many was it? Was the Five. Total? Great. Take Five care of that turnovers. ball. Yes, that was a bad one. So that is a crucial thing. I mean, they did, too. We sacked them six times and stuff. So, look, you're exactly right. Like, it's yeah, clean up on both sides. Clean up on both sides is definitely necessary. It's supposed to be cold and windy again. There's yeah. A chance of some flurries out there, apparently. Not excited for that part of it because that's going to be cold. They're... Backfields hurt. They had to bring in a retired Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Their o- offensive line is terrible, as you just said. He's been sacked 26 times since they played us. Yeah. Their secondary Nuts. is also Poor pretty Russell. banged up. They're getting Quandre Diggs back at safety, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. But we talked about their pass rush is not good. If and and you know th- their run defense isn't much better. So if the Eagles can exploit some of those things, and they've they've won the last couple games by winning in the trenches, mm-hmm. if they can do that again, they've got a really good shot to win this game I at know. home. I know. So many people think that, though, which is, like, kind of making me nervous, you know, just because— But they're still the underdogs. I know. You're right. So that's a good sign. But do I, I pull honestly, out my dog mask? Do, do I dig out yeah, the dog mask? Yeah, you do. I you do it. I will. I don't know. It makes me so nervous because I feel so good about this game, but because we feel so good about it, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> are we overlooking something? Are we thinking it's going to be too easy? I don't know. But, like, as long as they're not going into it, that's a good thing that they're still technically underdogs on, like, the betting boards and stuff because then they don't have a reason to overlook it, I guess. I don't, I'm just, like, overthinking this whole thing, but. I genuinely don't think they're going to overlook it because everyone thought they were going to overlook the Giants. And yeah. you saw kind of how that happened. And the Seattle Seahawks are a much better football team than the New York yeah, Giants. I mean, and you can't overlook it, too, when it's, like, a lot of these guys, like, first-time playoff. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're still trying to improve and perform and all that stuff. So, like, they have something to play for. We talked about it. All of these guys right now aside from, you know, they're the select few that aren't necessarily playing for their spot in the NFL, yeah. but 
all of their skill position players are the playing offense. for their yeah. spot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz still the 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 last criticism left is the never started or won a playoff game argument. Yeah. He, everyone is playing for a reason and everyone is on the same page again. Doug Peterson has that locker room together and I think that they are going to be more than ready for this game. I know. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. Me too. Russell Wilson has never lost to the Eagles. Yeah. He's got to lose sometime. He's got to lose sometime. Love There's averages. a lot on the line. Or we have all the momentum since we played them. We're four and or not? No, not since we played them. The last four games, we're four and zero. Oh. They're one and three. Yeah, it was Miami the next week, and then we've won four straight. But they have they're not. three or one and three. Yeah, they have not played. So they're the last couple weeks. on the downward spiral. Spiral. We have all the momentum coming into it. The one thing they are performing well on the road, which is weird because normally they're like the twelfth man and good at home. Yeah, not the case this season. They're like seven and one on the road. That's impressive. Yeah, and they're four and zero oh on the East Coast. That's huh. crazy, right? Yeah, that's nuts. Adam Usually Schaffer, they don't travel very well. Yeah. You, so, not to see the Seahawks in general. I just mean traveling from coast from, to coast yeah, yeah. doesn't usually bode well for yeah. whichever team. So those are interesting things. But, I mean, exactly what you said. You say it enough times, maybe we'll jinx them, right? Yeah. They're 7-1. and one. They've never lost. Russell Wilson has never lost the Eagles, which is unbelievable to me. I mean, so so here's the thing. We talk about, like, the different places they're, they're beat up. They know that, too. Mm-hmm. If I was Pete Carroll, I would – my game plan would be to have Russell Wilson come out and throw the ball 70 times and not worry about running the football ever unless they are on the goal line and they give it to Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Which, last week, they tried to th- they threw the ball on the one-yard line. Did you notice that? No. They were on the one-yard line, and they threw the ball on the one-yard no. line. And I was like, no, they didn't do that oh, actually, again. Jamie Lynch did say something because he was just like, there's something with Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch on the goal line that does not mix. I was sitting here watching, and I was, and I looked at Joe, and I was like, did you know that the, the, they just did it? I they literally, and then they find they, they gave over, him, he went over the top yeah. and scored. Shocking. They just overthink it. Yeah. Like when they're on the goal line, they're like, they're expecting the run. Let's not do what's going to work, and then it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, let's hope Doug Peterson doesn't do any of that. Can we yeah. talk about him for a second? He called what I thought was one of his best games of the season he against the Giants. He had some very questionable play calls throughout the season. I thought one of the biggest keys to that, and we talked about it, was Doug Peterson calling his best game of the year. I think he did. I do. I agree. There was one point, like, right before the half in the second quarter, I started getting annoyed just because they started catching on to the run game with mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, and he was, like, a little banged up. I think it was, like, his ankle was sore at that point, but he came back in. Yep. And there were a couple times that they just kept doing, like, screens in the backfield to Miles. And I was like, it's not working. Like, do it something else. And that was literally the only time that I was frustrated with him. Yeah, so it's that's a fair. improvement. Yeah. But I thought he, he for the most part, called a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And I know people have said this, but I, I, I don't think they're wrong. He should absolutely be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. I don't think he's going to win. I think Harbaugh's going to win yeah. because of what he's the done flashy. with that team with Lamar. It's I, always the flashy one. Agreed. But I think Doug Peterson absolutely deserves to be in this conversation. This team was dead, 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 dead in the water. Only seven teams in NFL history have made it to the playoffs after being five and seven. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I saw that stat the other day. If that's wrong, I blame Twitter. Um, (laughs) The way that he was able to keep this locker room together and get these practice squad guys prepared, ready to go, and all on the same page. And sort through all that drama in the beginning of the year. Beginning I, and middle of the year. Listen, Doug Peters and and 
be so good that every other head coach in the yeah. division gets fired. Do we have we gotten confirmation that Jason Garrett's been fired yet? No, actually, Adam Schefter was on the show today, and I said all morning that he officially had been fired in my updates. And right, because everyone because there was a notification yeah, that came out from yeah was it ESPN? from ESPN. And then Adam Schefter said it's not official, but it'll happen. So I don't understand why we don't just make it official. Someone just make it official, please. Like, but it's gonna happen. I mean, he has destroyed the rest of the division. Yeah. Here we are. The Cowboys didn't get to hang their We Swept the Eagles this season no. banner. I do not like that the Redskins got Ron Rivera, though. And Jack Del Rio. He's yeah. going to be a good one over there. That's a that's that's a heck of a combination. Yeah. They're, so that's a good coaching stuff. But, yeah, we'll see how they build the team around him. I think that's the best case scenario for Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Definitely. Because here's the thing. No matter what, that's a lie. Take the Cowboys out of it. I hate to see talent go to waste in the NFL. Like, I just, I'm I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm also just a fan of a the fan sport of the in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate watching prime talent just be completely wasted by idiocy mm-hmm. in by the coaching staff or the front office. And I think that there are certain places where that has happened and could continue to happen. And I think that, one of the places where it was most likely to happen was in Washington with Dwayne Haskins because he is a big talent, but I think he needs the right coaches around yeah, him. That makes sense. And I think, for example, like if Harbaugh didn't adjust everything to Lamar's strength, mm-hmm. it would be the same kind of conversation. Lamar and the way that they work together has saved Harbaugh's job down there. Oh yeah. So I just think that, you know, it. I, I hope, you know, and it's something we talked about with Carson Wentz, like, not get we hope not getting him weapons and making sure that they've got enough pieces around him doesn't waste his talent. Well, obviously Greg Ward was the person yeah. he needed, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, so I think that'll be really good for him, and it'll I think it'll be interesting to see how he develops in fun division games that we're still gonna win. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's really interesting. Just, I'm looking forward to not being career setting worst division ever. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty bad this or year. Or record setting, not career setting. But it was pretty bad this year. Everyone keeps saying like the Eagles almost didn't like deserve to be in the playoffs, but there really aren't many more teams that were like actually much better. Like No, the Eagles honestly, that's the national perspective because they're not looking into what has all gone into this season, I feel. You know what I mean? They don't realize how big of pieces we missed. When we lost them, the drama, you know what I mean? Like, so here, here it is. The, okay, so we were wrong. The 49ers are the one seed because they had the tiebreaker with the Packers. They beat the, remember, they they beat the doors off the Packers. So the 49ers are the one seed at 13 and three. Okay. Packers are the two seed at 13 and three. Saints are the three seed at 13 and three. Then the Seahawks are up here at 11 and five. The Vikings are 10 and six. The Eagles are nine and seven and the Rams are nine and seven. So here we are. Yeah. There's no team that with a better record that didn't make the playoffs. And then after that, you've got the Bears at eight and eight, the Cowboys at eight and eight, Falcons at seven and nine, Bucks at seven and nine. So they just Cardinals, Panthers, or the Cardinals are at five, ten, and one. Panthers are at five and eleven. Giants at four and twelve. Lions at three, twelve, and one. And the Redskins at three and thirteen. So, so they still make the cut no matter what. Yes. And like it, the seating would just yeah, be yeah, different. Yeah. 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 But record-wise, they would still make it. And it, de- it would depend on common opponents with the Rams because they have the same yeah, record. Yeah. But still. 
And the Eagles, so they, the Eagles had a better division record than the Rams, and that's yeah. what hurt the Rams. But, but uh, mm, the Eagles deserve to be there. Yeah. They, like I said, were dead. And they pulled it together to get to where they are. And they absolutely deserve this playoff spot. And I I'm agree. excited. And my thing is, we obviously had a tough season, but I would much rather struggle in the middle and the beginning and then catch fire at the end and run that into playoffs than have a team like the 49ers that won eight in a row in the beginning and then had a little bit of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. For, I like it. I'm excited for, for, you know, exactly what Doug Peterson says. Once you get in, you're in. Everybody's Anything can happen. Slate. Yeah. Anything can happen. And especially, you know, a banged up Seattle team. My thing, here's my reason that I wanted to play Seattle. Just like, I don't even know if I should say statistics wise from watching the game and like in any sport, really. Mm-hmm. And especially in a sport like football, where it's one game, it's not a series. When you have a team that you already played in the regular season and you're very evenly matched, it was already a close game the first time and you just barely lost. It is so hard to play that team again and have the same exact outcome the second time. Mm-hmm. That was one of my main factors of wanting to play the Seahawks. What's the chances they come into our hometown in the same season when it's such evenly matched They're both battling injuries and the Eagles have the momentum? What's the chances that they would do it again? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's when a lot Eagles of stuff playing, is in the Eagles' favor. Yeah, and the Eagles are playing so much better than they were when they lost to them originally. They got guys stepping up now. Carson's got his momentum going, too. Just all around, they and do. the fan and base then, isn't as hostile towards them as it was. True. <laughs> but then Seattle's the other way. They're declining. So, like, mm-hmm. I just have such a feeling, and it's all that going into it. I feel good. Yeah, with I that being really said, because I just basically gave my reason why I think the Eagles are going to win, my score, 27-20, to 20, the Eagles. Now, I don't remember what my score was that I said on the Rob Motti show earlier this week, and I like to stick with it. I can't remember if I said 24-10 or 27-20. I can't remember. Go with 24-10 just because I said different than yours. Okay. So for today, I'm going to go with 24-10. I, honest to God, it was Monday. It was way too long yeah. ago, and I like to keep my same score through the week. I can't remember what no, it dude, was. Normally, we record on thursdays mm-hmm. and i always forget what i say on our show thursday for the morning show friday which is okay, like 12 that's, hours that's worse yeah it's like 12 <laughs> hours apart and i don't remember so okay so we both have them winning yeah sam has 27 20 i for now have 24 10 <laughs> but we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna talk about the other teams in the city what they're doing and how mad we are or not mad we are at some of them but you're yeah. listening to the babes on broad on bgn radio Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. We are going to get into all the other things around Philly. We'll start with the Sixers on another three-game losing streak. Their third or fourth time doing it so far this season. Sorry if I have a list. I have my retainers in. But their third or fourth time doing it so far this season. Only and, did it once all last year. And it's just not looking good. They go to Houston tonight, and they're just not looking like a strong team. So no. it's worrisome. They, they, so they dropped three straight. An ugly one. For some reason, I don't know why they can't play basketball in Orlando. Like that, I don't understand that. Me either. I'll never understand that. A tough one against the Miami Heat that they got down early, had to claw their way back, but then had the game, a missed dunk and bad turnovers, mm-hmm. gave that one away. And then uh, the the one against the Pacers, I mean, uh, you saw that as soon as the game started. That a- one, there was no chance. They, no. That fell apart so quickly. I'm not going to lie. I tuned in late, saw the score. I don't even remember what it was. It was a blowout, though, and I was like, yeah, not worth it. Yeah, no, I watched the majority of it and was like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. I I want to understand. I want to figure it out. My biggest concern at this point is after the Miami Heat came here and for the entire second half of a game played a 2-3 zone against the Sixers, everyone's been doing it against the Sixers, and unless their threes are falling at a an exponential mm-hmm. rate and at a record-setting tying rate, they can't play against the zone now someone put out a stat last night that they did it in the entire the heat did it the entire first half against the toronto raptors last night and they were also falling apart and not playing well and shooting well through it fine but the conversation with that has now shifted to josh richardson calling the team out for not holding themselves individually accountable al horford has echoed that sentiment Brett Brown has echoed that sentiment, Mm -hmm. which is not ideal because that starts with the head coach. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest issue right now that everyone's starting to talk about. Now, let's keep in mind, Ben Simmons was directly was standing next to Joel Embiid when he said this, when this happened. Joel talking about people needing to take the open shots that are there. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out Mm -hmm. who he was talking about, but Like you said when we were just talking a little bit during our break, I think there's some frustration growing in that locker room with Ben Simmons. I agree. That is exactly what you said, and I agree with you. I mean, we were talking about it in the break, and yeah, like uh, Horford and Richardson and Brett Brown, like there's accountability in what in their comments and everybody kind Mm -hmm. of yeah, and like Joel too, like he's not they're not just calling out Ben. Yeah, no, that one's not towards Ben. But everything that they're saying can be blamed on Ben. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why when enough people are saying stuff and you sit there and you hear it and you're like, man, that might be about me. Man, that might be about me. Man, that might be about me. Something's probably about you and like you're doing something wrong. There's reports now that he was with Kendall Jenner on New Year's Eve and they might be back together and blah, blah, blah. And I know everybody's so annoyed and they're like, that has nothing to do with their game. He's what, 23, 24 years old, mm-hmm. chasing a starlit person, a celebrity, doing all that instead of focusing on fixing these problems, it seems like. You know what I mean? Not saying that's actually what's happening, but that's what it looks like right now. And I don't think that's a good look. 
And to clarify, we're not saying there have been takes about, oh, they lost on New Year's Eve. They shouldn't yeah, celebrate no, New no, Year's no. Eve with their friends and family. But also not saying that he shouldn't have a life or can't have a life. Like, yeah. That's not it either because there are, I mean, obviously LeBron James, for example, huge family person. Yeah. But, and, you know, has three kids, has a wife, mm-hmm. always doing stuff with his family and spending time with his family Shakes when off he the can. game right away. Right. Yeah. But you also see LeBron James and what he does on the floor. And I just think that there's... It's a different mode. Yeah. And I think, a, a, you know, a, another comparison there is Joel Embiid. And, and, you know, you don't see much of Joel other than basketball. Yeah. He took his Under Armour trip this summer. His girlfriend went with him. They spent a little bit of time, you know, traveling or whatever. But other than that, you know, he's not he's not all over. And I will say... Ben was all over last summer. He was not all over no, this summer. No, he was working. So I don't, I'm, and we're not saying that he can't have a life. Because he is 24 yeah, or 23 and, or whatever. And, you know, basketball is his job, but mm-hmm. it's not his only thing in life. You know, yeah. We have, a, we have jobs, but work-life balance is important. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, if there's accountability issues and people are starting to have these conversations and say these things to the media that do seem like they're alluding to Ben, they're, you know, I'm not going to say that's why or or the only reason Mm -hmm. why, but they're, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? There might be something else there. And that pains me to say because I'm a huge Ben Simmons supporter. I'm a huge Ben Simmons apologist. And I, you know, but just because I love Ben and I think he's phenomenal doesn't mean he's immune to criticism. I did see a tweet that said, you know, it this probably won't happen. Not making it to the All-Star game would be one of the best things for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I no, I agree cuz so what I was saying earlier basically like goes to that word that they say now those those young hipsters out there saying uh like clout like, he's chasing the clout, which means, like, he's chasing, like, stardom. He wants that Fun fact, that's celebrity. one of my least favorite words on Me too, me too. <laughs> it's a weird word. But, like, so, basically, meaning that he's chasing, like, the celebrity life and likes all that attention and stuff. So, that's my one point. The other point I had, I'm going to try to connect this after I say it, because I'm going to see if they connect. <laughs> Your face. Uh, what, did you, did you take some of your cold medicine before we started recording? Like, No, I just didn't, I haven't slept. Yeah, for some reason, there's been no sleep in 2020 so far. No sleep. He's chasing the clout. And then my other thing is kind of like he's too good. Like, yeah, basically what you're saying about the All-Star game would help him. Because he made comments earlier in the season where he just, he made like the 1-3. And he was like acting like, he said some comment to the media about how he. No, he hadn't made one in the real game yet. He, it was the one that he made in the preseason yeah, game. That's what, and he the, was uh, like, what, well, I'm an All-Star. So, But I, I will say, that person i don't know who the it was lions or whatever yeah i don't know who that person was and there people only want to listen to what ben says to criticize but if you listen to the whole thing it's the same thing that like after his exit interview too he knows he hears the criticism he mm-hmm. gets the same questions every time when you're asking the same question over and over and over again and you're badgering and you're also like kind of being rude in the way you ask it like i'm gonna answer you that way too he doesn't like, people expect, it, and it goes back to a lot of different things, but people expect, like, athletes to not be human. And that's part of, like, why I also defend these athletes so much sometimes. No, I agree. Because people expect them to not be human and not have a life and not have human reactions to things and just be, like, 
robots. I mean, people even do that with us. <laughs> yes. Like on our social media. But like my thing about it, it's not like just that one but comment. But I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Like that tied in with like how this stuff can be tied to them. And there's other things that have happened in the season where you're just like, that's interesting. Yeah. Like that have come out, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like you question who's the real leader, like the chemistry on the team, like why they're not coming together, all that stuff. And then like when things point back to him, it just makes you wonder because then he says cocky things like that. Does he think he's too good in a point? And then he's also with the celebrities and doing all that. Like you just wonder where his intentions are. Or my I, point. I, I also will say that like I did, I did watch the majority of that Indiana game. He was extremely aggressive in the first half when it was still close. He was driving strong, getting fouled, and he was the only person that went to the free throw line in the first half. And he made the majority mm-hmm. of them. So I think that, you know, I go back and forth because if he if he plays I mean, like that like he, all the time, there's less of a problem. I mean, it's not like he's not good. I still think they, don't, I would, they don't have back-to-back 50-win seasons without Ben Simmons. No, no, no. I agree with that. I just, I don't want to say it and, like, have it taken the wrong way. To a point, it's like you wonder his commitment to the team and his focus on the team, but I don't want to say those words. Because obviously he's committed to the team. He's a great player and all that stuff. But you just wonder if all the time he's focused So to a point. To me, that goes back to coaching. And I have never no, been I a agree. fire Brett Brown person, and no, I'm no, still no. not. No. But he does know Ben way more personally He's than anybody him. else. Ben has been babied and I and but and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean they're so close. It's a natural No, it's it's a natural like more friendly relationship than here, a than a hierarchy of here's a how coach I see and a it. player. Here's how I see it. So he obviously has a more personal and direct relationship with Brett Brown every day than he does Elton Brand. Elton Brand to me would be more of like the stern father figure. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's not around as much because he's working, blah, 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 just in a hypothetical situation. And then Brett Brown is the mom that he knows he can get away with stuff, so he pushes them to their point. Right. That's how I feel that relationship kind of works out. So right I now. think if this, you know, there there are a lot of things that I, I definitely think this is a big year for Brett Brown in the sense of, you know, if they get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs, I, oh, I, yeah. I think Brett gone. Yeah. And I think there's so much talent on this team. There's no reason. And I also think that a big thing is going to be, yes, if he can't make this talent all work. And if also you get the notion and you get the feeling and Elton Brand gets the feeling and the rest of the organization gets the feeling that the players are no longer buying into what Brett is saying. Yeah. They're not all coming together for what Brett is saying in the Brett Brown way. And I don't think firing a coach midseason is ever the way to go because at the end no. of the day, it's going to be an assistant who's been coaching under the Brett Brown exactly. umbrella and they're gonna, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Other than that, I, I think that other than an early exit from the playoffs, that I think is going to be a big potential factor for a possible coaching change yeah. because I think what you're saying about maybe he's not as invested as he should be mm-hmm. as a, you know, professional athlete should be in their team, not just him in general. That's something that's going to have to be looked at. Yeah. And I just want to make it clear because we're going to get people like, Oh, you guys said fire Brett Brown, get rid of him. No, no, we did not. 
I don't want to trade Ben Simmons ever. No, and everything. I want Ben Simmons to be a six or four life. And everything we're saying is hypothetical. We have no clue what's happening in the locker room. We have no clue what's actually going on in their personal lives. But given all the little clues that we have and like seeing stuff secondhand and all that, I'm just, we're just saying that like these could be possibilities. You know what I mean? Yes. Just so. This is just us having a conversation. Yeah. Thinking about not saying what's that, going on. Not saying that they shouldn't have fun or they should fire people or they, yeah, not that. No. I just I, want to clarify. But, you know, there's there's definitely some, you know, people talked about Joel Embiid not having as much fun this year. There's questions there. Ben worked really hard in the offseason. We're not necessarily seeing all these things that mm-hmm. we hoped we'd see. There's questions there. Yeah. Now there's the accountability questions. And there, you know, there are a lot of things that are kind of going forward as they're in. The, now, Grant, they could blow the Rockets out tonight, come back, win a great game against the Thunder on Monday, go on a little bit of a hot streak and go into the all-star break feeling good. And all this goes away and everyone forgets yeah, yeah. everything and, you know, everything's fine and it's rainbows Recency and unicorns bias. again. Exactly. This is just, you know, now that they are in this little skid, that's why mm-hmm. we're having these conversations. And, you know, again, winning makes everything better. And, you know, we've seen that in other sports. We've seen that with other Mm -hmm. teams. But so we'll see. But um, one question for you, because I have not seen anything on it. I haven't really looked it up. But Matisse Seibel, what's up with him? They said he was going to be reevaluated in two weeks. I believe we're close to two weeks. I was going to say how long ago So hopefully we get an update relatively soon. Yeah, because I haven't seen anything on it. No, I haven't either. Um. Apparently James Ennis is questionable tonight, and they called Zaire Smith up, so we I might did see, see some that. Zaire. Yeah, Zaire Smith. Um, I'm not sure about Zaire. I would love to. There, I haven't seen any updates, so hopefully we'll see one relatively soon. So, so maybe we'll find out for the Thunder, or at least we'll have an update and we'll yeah. get some more information. That would be ideal because I miss him. Um, I miss his spark defensively and a little bit. He, he was really starting to get an offense rhythm, and I yeah. miss that. But another team that's not playing well. <laughs> The Flyers. Which, this is nuts because the last time, the last episode, which was last week, literally a week ago, we recorded last Friday. Yep. We were talking about the Eagles going on a winning streak and hoping, like, keeping it up and blah, blah, blah. And we were talking about the Sixers winning three games and having that big win, three games in a row and having that big win on Christmas. And then we were also talking about the Flyers. They had, like, a four-game winning streak. And then after that show came out, the Sixers are now... Oh, and three in that time Now it period. sounds like you're blaming us for it. People are going to start blaming us for this now. No, it's not us. We talked, oh, after their win before the loss. Hey, no, the Eagles <laughs> still won. Stop it. The yeah, Eagles yeah, still yeah, won. there you go. Um, they've dropped three of four. Now they're fifth in the division, seventh in the Eastern Conference. No one's talking about it or is mad about it and talking about firing the coach and trading this player and that player like they are the Sixers. No, but it's annoying on both teams' ends that you could play so hot and cold. How could you be that inconsistent? So I will say, that's okay, the most annoying in an 82-game season, it, you're, it, there's you're going to have losses. Yeah, you're going to get blown out by yeah. crap teams. You're going to blow out crap teams. You're going to win close games against crap teams. You're going to win close games against good teams. You're going to blow out good teams. Yeah. You're going to get blown out by good teams. It's going to happen. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, the Indiana Pacers are not a bad basketball team, and they're just going to get better when mm-hmm. Oladipo comes back. They're not blow the Sixers out by that much good, but they're good. Yeah. They're one of the best defensive-rated teams in the NBA. The Orlando Magic, there's no excuse for that. The Heat, a close game in overtime, I don't like it, and I don't like the way they lost because they didn't play well, but it, it's going to happen. And you have to 
go with the ebbs and flows of an 82 game season. But that's the most annoying part to me. It'd be different if it was sure. last year and it was one three game losing streak. This is their third three game losing streak this yeah. season. So it's consistent. That's why it's a problem. That's why it's annoying because it's consistency hot and cold. You know what I mean? And the Flyers, I don't know how many times, but they've had at least one other three game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So they, and they've had a couple of winning streaks too. So they're consistently hot and cold. And it just makes no sense to me. I don't get how you can perform so well. For a week, and then be terrible a week, and then, you know, it's just, yeah, it's annoying. It needs to be balanced out. So the Flyers play again tomorrow. So, okay, they lost, to the, they, they lost to the Golden Knights last night, who were the hottest team in the NHL I was going right to say, now. they're a great team. They're, yep, they're playing and Arizona. And they, they got, they did attempt the comeback. They oh, got, yeah. They they went down early. It was like four to nothing. Well, four to two after the first period. Mm-hmm. Um, So once you give up four in the first period, it's tough. Then after that, they only gave up one more. Carter Hart had 28 yeah. saves. 28 saves on 33 shot attempts, and then they came back. Yeah, um, Sean Couturier had two goals himself. TK had a goal. So, I mean, they ended up playing well. It was just a bad beginning. They came out really firing at Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. I don't think the defensive men were there to really help. Yeah, they they just took them off guard, and that's what they did. They attacked, and then it was too far gone to come back. But, I mean, they did make an attempt. They did make a good run. It ended up 5-4. So that's not terrible. So they're back tomorrow night against the Coyotes. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty even matchup for the Flyers. Their records are pretty close. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully they can get a win and, and, you know, get back on track a little bit. But then the other team has not been in the news. When you brought this up to me, (laughs) literally brought Jess brought this up to me in the break, and I was like, what other team are you talking about? Yeah, what other team do we have? Because it went from fire... To dud. Yes. Like, it is just not even steaming stove. Like, there's not even water on the stove. It is out. So we talked about it. it. We, we liked where they started. Yeah. It wasn't enough, though. No, not enough at all. It was a great start. Not enough at all. And it looks like that's... So the latest conversation... Right now... So right now, the problem is the other teams in the division are getting better, and the Phillies are staying put. And Which is absolutely what we said could not happen. Right. That's because think Which about is it. obvious. I mean, the Nationals, you have to keep up with your division. Yeah. The the Nationals just won the World Series. The World Series. They're still getting better. They just offered Josh Donaldson a contract because obviously they lost Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. So right now they've brought back Strasburg and they've offered him a $100 million contract. Great. Mets signed that one pitcher that oh i did see they signed that the phillies were looking to sign so obviously the phillies did not get him then the braves are apparently in talks to trade for nolan arenado and the phillies don't want to go over the luxury tax and that's the most frustrating thing or there there are still these players out there and available like at least the other teams in the division are in talks for these big names and the phillies you see tied to nobody so Chris Bryant was the last one, and you haven't heard anything since. Mm. We got nothing. The best Phillies news we've got right now is that Bryce Harper Instagram. Bryce yeah. Harper Instagram a picture that, with the, the caption concerts. saying, I thank God every day I'm a Philly. That's the best Phillies news we've got for you today. Which at the same time, I'm like, Bryce, what are you thinking, dude? Why are you excited right now for this team? I appreciate the excitement, but I wouldn't be very happy if I was him right now. No. Like I'm, just, you know what? I'm not him, and I'm not very happy right now. No, he just likes us personally, so thanks, Bryce. But I wow. just, I, I need you to do something. 
Like it's I'm that meme with like, like the little the person with the stick and like poking at it. Yeah. It's like do something. That's me at the Phillies. Please do something. Yeah, like it. I'm getting pitching help. I'm very, very, very anxious right now because I'm getting nervous. It's getting closer. People are going off the board, and it's making me very anxious. Yeah. There's like one month until pitcher and catchers. Yes. A little over a month. Yep. It's a little over a month. We still don't have. I'm not satisfied with the pitchers we have. We should not across be. the board. Yeah. Zach Wheeler just got married though over New Year's Eve. Fun fact. That's Phillies news. That's nice. Congratulations to him. Yeah, the white ring is a rock. I'm gonna have to go look that up. <laughs> yeah, um, I looked at it. I literally was like, wow. Look at. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Must be nice. She's really pretty. She went to St. Joe's. Fun fact again. Oh, really? Yeah, she's from like South Jersey, North Jersey, some part of Jersey. But yeah, she went to St. Joe's. Not sure how they met. I was gonna say, so you did a full full stock session. No, I only knew that because I guess she knew people. She's older than us, so obviously. But so. I guess you knew people on the St. Joe's baseball team who told Dion, so that's how I knew. Because Dion was like, oh, yeah, she went to St. Joe's, but she's older than us. I never met her. Very interesting. All right, well, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about our recipe for this week and answer a few quick questions. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Okay, last segment of the day, our usual recipe of the week. Jess, you have this one again. I'm going to make some minestrone soup tonight. I'm pretty excited about it. So I that's going to be our recipe. It is recipe. soup season. It Especially, is soup season. It's been going. It was hot. It was cold. It was hot. It was cold. Now it's getting cold again. Yeah. Everybody's got this cold, the head cold. I don't know if you can hear it or if it's just me hearing it myself. I'm trying to make sure I stay away from it, but I don't I don't like my chances here. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll I was live. laying on your beanbag chair. I know. Chair. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm done. We're done for. It's fine. Sorry. It's all right. I know Joe's, if Joe's students are... So oh, she's yeah. going to get it, and it's going to come in, and it'll be a mess. I'll bring you my leftover medicine, though. Thank Whatever you. I, don't I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to make some ministry soup, so I'll post that on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter so you can see that. But we only have two questions today. The first one, if there was one player in any sport that you'd want to see on a Philly team, who would it be? This is just because we literally just talked about it, and I saw somebody else post about it the other day. LeBron James. I really just want Steph Curry shooting. Actually, that's a lie. I would like Clay Thompson. Okay. I wanted Clay Thompson. Outside really bad. shooter. Outside shooter and uh, underrated defense. You're right. Just, just so it's, good across the board. I think it's because he's so good at offense it gets swept under the rug. Oh, definitely. But I mean, there's also that's just because the biasy recency bias or whatever right. of us talking about Sixers because there's obviously people that could help the Eagles. Yeah, right there's now. people all over, but but yeah, definitely the, the Sixers. Um, and the other question, what do you think the chances are Deshaun plays in the second round if they win on Sunday? Good, because his mom, his mom tweeted out that he's ready. His mom tweeted out that he's ready. His mom tweeted out, I think it was like John Clark or somebody tweeted out, if they go to round two, there's a high chance that Deshaun's supposed to be back. That's when he's projected to be back. And his mom tweeted out something like, he's ready, he'll be back, Eagles are going to win this, my baby's coming back, basically. That's what she said. I did hear last night. The one the one concern I have is on the Fanatic last night while I was driving around. I was listening to Joe Torty and he said that Deshaun in his workouts was clocked at 19 miles an hour. Leonard Fournette topped out this year in the NFL at 22 miles per hour. There's no reason Deshaun Jackson should be slower than Leonard Fournette. And if he's out there and that that's with no extra factors pads defenders but he hasn't been cleared to sprint yet at least i like you know what i mean yeah 
So if if he's a hundred percent, if if he's like himself, I'm all in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I saw that same thing that Joe was talking about, and it didn't. From what I remember, that tweet did not specify if he was running full, like if he's a hundred percent cleared to run gotcha. full speed or not. So that really does matter. You're right about that. Yeah. So if he's himself, <laughs> I'm all in. His mom says he's ready. I'm going with mom. I, I'm with Mama sh- Jack. I love her. Let's go. I support it. We're with you, Miss Jackson. Ooh. And Get it? There's, <laughs> and there's Sam singing for the day. That was a good ad lib. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. So with that, that is our show for the day. We had to just wait until we got Sam singing before we could end yeah. the show. I fit it in there. Don't you worry. So <laughs> we'll be. We, stop it. Stop it right now. I just, that's what she said myself. (laughs) I hate you. Anyway, anyway, so thank you for listening to another one of our shows, even though we haven't slept in three days and we're tired. And But it's the weekend. It's the weekend. So enjoy your weekend. weekend. Let's hope the Sixers win tonight, the Flyers win tomorrow, and the Eagles win on Sunday. Most importantly, the Eagles win on Sunday. Most importantly, the Eagles win on Sunday. Thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Don't forget to follow us on our individual social medias as well as the Babes on Broad accounts. Check out the store on designtree.com. We'll be back next week to talk about another Eagles win. Until then, we are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Go Burks! Go Burks! Babes on Already starting off great. We're doing great. Caught me off guard there. I forgot I was the one that opens the show. I said, are you ready? (laughs) You said yes. And I hit record. And then you went, ah, it's me. It's me. (laughs) Okay, ready? Yeah. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.